Welcome to History Class After Hours. I am Joseph Barra, and joining me today is Wes. Hello there. Today we're going to talk about the Andrews Raid. Andrews Raid. The Andrews Raid. Very raid fun. by a man named Andrews. He wasn't even in the military. Nope. He was He was a... a train conductor, right? He was a spy. And a spy. It's going to be yet another story about a spy. So in 1862, the Andrews Railroad Raid would attempt to steal a train and destroy a railroad. In April of 1862, an Atlanta newspaper would uh, record of the following event, the most thrilling railroad adventure that has ever occurred on the American continent. Now it's 1862, and rail lines had only really been in service for maybe 10 years. So uh, there wasn't a lot to draw from. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot to pull from there. But they said it was the most exciting thing ever to happen on the rail lines. I mean... Um, at this point, most trains traveled about ten to fifteen miles an hour. Twenty, if they were lucky. Yeah, so we're not we're not talking about blistering paces here. And it was primarily because one, the uh, locomotives couldn't handle it; two, the track couldn't handle it either. Didn't it go up and down? And mm-hmm. then it wasn't very. But good. also the the steel, the gauge of the steel wasn't uh. strong enough to handle the fast speeds. And still, people believe that if you travel too fast, you would explode. I mean, it's true. So we are going to talk about one of these daring raids at blistering paces. Blistering. Blistering. The raid has been adapted into several movies, including by one by Walt Disney. These movies, however, have embellished the truth like most movies do. Um, train locomotive and tender did not jump across a gap. So I guess in the movie, there's a point where the train literally like leaves ground, jumps over a uh, like, ravine, and back onto the track. That's some... Um... Polar Express stuff. Yes. And a locomotive did not scurry across a burning bridge. But today we're going to present the true story of the Andrews Raid, also known as the Great Locomotive Chase. I love when they call trains locomotives. It's just got an old-timey feel to it. All right. So the raid was the idea of a spy and contraband agent, James J. Andrews. Uh, Very little is actually known about Andrews. We do know he was born in 1829 in Hancock County, Virginia, which is now in West Virginia. Um, He had several occupations, one as a house painter and another as a singing coach. A singing coach? Singing coach. Maybe as he was painting houses, he really liked singing, and someone was like, oh, teach me the way, sir. Almighty singer painter. He's a renaissance man. Uh, When the Civil War broke out, he would begin to engage in espionage, spying for the Union Army. Uh, He would deliver small levels of goods to Confederates and then bring back military information back to the Union officers. He would also be a double agent and provide the Confederates with false information. Ah. So he was kind of working both sides, but really working for the Union. Uh, During the Fort Donaldson campaign, all right, Fort Donaldson campaign is when Ulysses S. Grant goes into Tennessee and Kentucky, and he's going to take a major fort on the Tennessee River, Fort Donaldson. Um, It's where he makes his name, Unconditional Surrender Grant, or U.S. Grant. Um, Andrews would be employed by a guy by the name of John Carlos Buell, who was working side by side with uh, Grant, who was moving against Nashville. As the Union forces began to move further south, Andrews would propose a plan to destroy the Memphis and Charleston Railroad, at the very least destroying the part that was between Chattanooga and Corinth. Corinth was a major railroad hub. I think it's right on that Mississippi-Tennessee border. So if my geography is right there. Um, and 
it was a mobilization point for General Albert Sidney Johnson. That is going to be the primary foe for Grant in Tennessee. The two are going to meet at the Battle of Shiloh. Sidney Johnson is actually going to be killed there in a weird story where he had been wounded previously in the war in his leg. So he didn't have much feeling in it. And he got shot again in the same leg. And he didn't know he had gotten shot in the leg and he bled out. Oh, yeah. Isn't that the one where his boot filled with blood? And then he was like, oh. I'm yeah, bleeding out. His, his boat, his not boat, his boot fell up, filled up with blood, looked over. He's like, oh, I must have been, and just peels over. It was too late by that point. Yeah. He had been shot for like over an hour. Just, that happens when you have, their boots are like, mm. go all the way up their leg. <laughs> so it's like. So do the Andrews role as a contraband agent, he would have a great deal of knowledge of the rail lines in the South, as well as their operation. His plan was to destroy the Great Bridge over the Tennessee River at Bridgeport on the Memphis and Charleston Railroad, um, and a few on the Chickamauga Creek between Georgia on the Western and Atlantic Railroads. What he wants to do is pretty much destroy the ability of the Confederates to use trains to um, resupply, get troops where they need to be in the Western theater of operations. All right. Civil War is often considered to be the first modern war. It's the first time you really see the use of trains to get people from point A to point B. I was believed the raid would embarrass Johnson at Corinth and fit in well with Buell's plan to move southward. Andrews is authorized to take a small party of men to Atlanta from where they would start their destructive campaign against the rail lines. Andrews would tell Buell that he had arranged the services of a train engineer who was going to meet them in Atlanta. Andrews believed that once in possession of the train, he could destroy the rail lines and prevent reinforcements from reaching Chattanooga and Corinth. Andrews would get to Atlanta with six to eight men in March of 1862. When they got there, though, the engineer was nowhere to be found. They just turned around and went back to Tennessee. Story's over. What a great story. Isn't that a good one? It's a good, a good story. Yeah, that's that's the locomotive chase. That's all we got. Not really. But uh, this Andrews goes back to Buell and says, listen, I know this didn't work, but just bear with me. I'm going to try it again, and maybe this time it will work. Um, but by the time he gets back to Chattanooga, Buell had been called to go help reinforce Grant at Shiloh. So now he's dealing with a guy whose name is General O.M. Mitchell. Not sure what the O.M. stands for, but that is his middle initials. O.M. Um. 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 So as Andrews reported uh, his failures, he would propose a new plan on a far grander scale. He's going to take more men this time, and this time bring his own engineer. Look at that. He's a smart man. He's learning from his mistakes. Uh, he would destroy the Western and Atlantic, wanted to destroy the Western and Atlantic Railroad between Atlanta and Chattanooga, which fits into Mitchell's plans because Mitchell had planned on taking the city. Um, and the idea was the, the train raid was supposed to coincide with Mitchell's attacks. So therefore, it would look like, all right, all this military stuff going north is, is legit to go help them out. Keep that in mind. So 24 men are going to be selected from a brigade of Ohioans. The men were told if they got captured, they would probably be killed as spies. They chose to go anyway. At Shelbyville in Tennessee, they would purchase civilian clothing and wait for Andrew's instructions. They were supposed to meet in Marietta, Georgia on April 10th and go ahead with the mission on April 11th. However, heavy rains postponed the mission by one day. That's going to be an issue because, remember, that raid is supposed to coincide with Mitchell's attack. So they're actually going to be a day behind. So that's going to kind of hurt them a little bit. 
Andrews would tell his men that if anyone asked, they were volunteers from Fleming County, Kentucky, going southward to fight for the Confederacy and go visit some friends that were fighting in some Georgia regiments. Weren't they told to um, to enlist in an artillery regiment if if they if all went south south? Um, they weren't told to. What's going to happen is as they are in, uh, some of these men are going from moving south through Tennessee to get to Georgia. Two of them are going to be stopped and they, they present that story like, oh, we're, we're going to go enlist in some, we're going to Atlanta so we can go enlist for the Confederacy. And this artillery brigade was like, oh, we need men. Just come with us now. And they're like, oh, what? But we, Oh, <laughs> so yeah, two guys like ended up enlisting for an artillery brigade in Tennessee, and they're just like, oh, this... I don't know what happened to him though. Did they cat? Did they figure it out? Or no, like nothing is known. Like, did they continue to fight for the South throughout the entire war? Did they escape? And <laughs> but yeah, they're just like, oh, womp, womp. All right, so Andrews knew that the story would pass because he knew there were no soldier from the counties in the area to ask questions, um, and this was based off his previous intelligent work. So of the original 24 men, only 22 actually make it to Marietta because, remember, those two we just talked about, they're still stuck in Tennessee, now fighting for the Confederacy. Uh, Most of the men would stay with Andrews that night at an old hotel near the depot, which is still there today. At 4 a.m. on April 12, 1862, the regular mixed passenger and freight train pulled by the locomotive, the General, steamed out of the old car shed of Atlanta and headed towards Marietta. So they're heading in a northward direction. Jeff Kane was at the throttle. Andrew Anderson was the fireman. And a man by the name of Captain William Fuller is going to be the conductor. Several passengers were rail workers on their way to repair a tank pump at Alatoona. At Marietta, sometime after 5 a.m., 20, um, the Raiders would get aboard with tickets to various destinations. They didn't want to look like they're just this massive group traveling together. Uh, two members are going to oversleep, though, and they're not going to make the train. Reason being is they be- they went to, like, the person who worked at a hotel and put in, like, the modern-day equivalent of, like, a wake-up call. Uh-huh. And I guess common procedure back then was you would tip the person to make sure they would wake you up. Well, they never tipped the guy, so the guy just didn't bother waking them up. So they, they slept through everything. Uh, three empty boxcars were being carried to Chattanooga to bring back military supplies to Tennessee. Now, uh, no, noting that they were coupled next to the tender, Andrew realized their value to be a place of concealment for his men, but also convincing people that uh, once he stole the train, he could tell everyone, look, I'm bringing ammo to Corinth. Let us through, let us through, because one of the issues they're going to have is there's only one rail line. Yeah, they have to be on schedule. or Yeah, they have to be on schedule. There's like a very tight schedule so you don't have like, you're not colliding with on- oncoming trains. And then typically what happens is the way the schedule works is you meet at a station around the same time and one train has to pull off, the other one goes by, the other train then has to back up and then continue going forward again. All right. So timing is very important in all this. At Big Shanty, which is now known as Kennesaw, the train would stop for 20 minutes for breakfast. So back then they didn't have refrigerators, they didn't have stoves. So literally the trains would have to stop every so often so the people on the board can eat. And they'd all get off the train, eat, and then get back on the train. All right, so everyone's getting off the train. Um, as everyone's getting off, Andrews and his men stayed on board to plan their move. That should have been a little suspicious. Uh, they soon found the engine cab to be vacated. 
They uncoupled the train between the third boxcar and baggage coach, much to the bewilderment of a century. Soon, the train would be off and going. So literally, they're like, un- they're taking the train apart in front of all these people. And everyone's like, what are these guys doing? And they just get in the engine and they take off. And everyone's like, what's happening? <laughs> um, Andrews adhered to a tight schedule, hoping to avoid suspicion until they gained to the upper reaches of the Ottawa River in North Georgia, where they could start destroying bridges to slow down any pursuit. Uh, one issue that Andrews and his men are going to have is they really brought no gear with them. They really didn't have any weapons. They had a couple sidearms, and I think they had like a crowbar. Yeah. So their they... ability to destroy things is very limited because they didn't want to bring attention to themselves. But at the same time, if they're trying to destroy a rail line, it's kind of hard to do with a singular crowbar. It's going to take a little bit. It's going to take a while. So as the train began to lurch forward, Fuller and his engineer left their uneaten breakfast and quickly rushed to the train track just to see the general disappear around the curve. Fuller believed that the train was stolen by those trying to desert the Confederate Army because in um, Kennesaw, there was a Confederate base, a training base, and they thought, oh, these are people that are just trying to desert, so they stole a train (laughs) and they're heading north. Um, That made the most sense to him. Obviously the easiest way to desert. Mm -hmm. So he, he is very sad that his train has been stolen. This is a stain on his honor. So like any logical person, he starts chasing after it. So he is on foot screaming and running after the general remember though it's only going like 15 miles per hour so he can keep he can keep it in view yeah i mean if if you're running maybe what six miles an hour seven six six, seven all right so fuller would begin chasing the train on foot much to the chagrin of shock spectators (laughs) i mean this this is almost comical train takes off guys like they stole my train is running after and everyone's just like what huh uh Fuller is going to be followed by two men, Kane and Murphy. He then told Lem Kendrick to ride to Marietta. All right, so Marietta is a little farther south to use a telegraph to inform the superintendent that someone had stolen his train. Bob Big Shanty slash Kennesaw lacked a telegraph machine, and that was one of the reasons Andrew, Andrews chose it to start his mission. So Andrews is very informed. He's like, all right, they don't have a telegraph machine. When I steal this thing, there's no way of them telling people, uh-oh, stolen train. It's going to take them a while. Did they cut the lines as well so they couldn't? They began cutting the lines um, as they went south. All right. That's going to actually tip them off, though, because what's going to happen is one of the stations farther south is starting to they're, – they're getting a little concerned that they're hearing nothing from – I mean, as they get farther north, the, the telegraph person in the north is getting a little concerned that he's hearing nothing from the south. Uh, so his his alerts up a little bit. So at Moon Station, Fuller and his crew would commandeer a foreman's platform car. Um, so typically in old time movies, we think of these as like those push cars where they got like yeah. the lever and they're just going up and down. Oh, well, it's like that without the lever thing oh. that goes up and down. Literally, it's just a flat cart and he's pushing it with a pole. Oh. So now he's on that and he's, he's like chasing a, after like the general. Mm-hmm. And actually, the the. the platform car was being used by a bunch of guys to uh, fix the train track and um, Andrews goes by them and talks with them and they're like oh where are you going he's like oh I'm uh going up farther to help do repairs can we borrow some of your tools and they give them their tools and they take <laughs> off so they're they're a little bit more equipped now but still they don't have a whole lot Fuller was shocked when he realized the train had not been abandoned but in reality there were signs of sabotage along the train tracks Andrew's men had been dropping cross ties on the track, 
taking out rails when they could and severed telegraph lines. Uh, when gaps occurred on track, Fuller and his men would pick up the cart and carry it over the gap. So this can't be a very large cart. As Fuller approached the Etowah Bridge, he saw steam on the horizon. This was caused by a little locomotive called the Yona, which means the bear. Uh, Andrews had the chance to disable the Yona earlier, but didn't want to bring attention to himself. And this is going to come back to haunt Andrews. There's like three guys around the Yona and they were armed. And he's like, I don't have the firepower and I don't want to get in a shootout here because that could be bad. Uh, Fuller would take over the Yona and then resume the chase now on equal terms. 11 miles down the line, Andrews would experience his first major challenge. The station at Kingston was backed up with freight and passenger trains. Andrews would find the rail agent who would then hand him the keys to the rail switch on the grounds that he was <laughs> delivering emergency ammunition to Corinth. Andrews would be stuck at the train station for uh, over an hour before the traffic uh, filed out. When he left, though, he took the keys to the switch, hoping that any pursuers would not be able to uh, basically get on the track with him. I love the, I love Dude, just how. Do they have spare keys or is it? No, this is my set of keys. The, the I love keys? how like trustworthy everybody is back then. Like your word was literally like everyone yeah. took you by your word because your word meant your honor. And so like nobody lied. Nobody lied. Yes. Uh, once Andrew's crew got in the clear of all the oncoming traffic, they would begin their bridge burning campaign. Uh, when the Yona reached Kingston, Fuller found that the depot was cluttered with freight trains. There was no hope to get them turned around quickly. So abandoning the Yona, Fuller would learn that the general had just left. He then seizes a passenger train, the William R. Smith, um, but he's going to be stopped four miles down the line when a rail is missing because of the Andrews party. Uh -huh. This is not going to deter Fuller. Once again, he jumps off the train and continues running. <laughs> he's like, uh, you ever see Terminator 2? No, I was uh, the, the bad Terminator. Like he just keeps on getting knocked down, gets up, and just keeps on <laughs> running. Like that's that's the gist of the movie. That's what this guy is. He's like Terminator. Three miles up the road, though, they would encounter a freight train called the Texas. Texas would begin running in reverse in an attempt to chase down the general. So Fuller seizes the Texas and says, "They've stolen my train. We must go get it." He has now stolen three trains. He's commandeered three trains. Yes, to try and get his one stolen train. Correct. And there's passengers on this one. Oh. So it's, like. it's the Texas, and there's a bunch of passenger cars on the back. <laughs> and now they're just woo, going backwards. I thought I was going to make And I'm not sure there. if they got the people off before they started it. I'm hoping so. Oh. So in pursuit, uh, Fuller would stop and send word to Chattanooga about the approaching danger. Two miles north of Calhoun, Georgia, the pursuers came in sight for the first time of the pursuit. Ladder were in the act of trying to lift the rail, but made off immediately when the triumphant screech of the Texas warned them of its near approach. At this point, both locomotives were full speed ahead. So we're talking, they're blistering. They're going like 20 miles an hour. Downhill. They're, they're flying. And if, if you don't know what the train looks like in North Georgia, it's very, it's very, very hilly. So that's like an average of 20 miles per hour. So as they're going up these hills, I'm pretty sure it's snail's pace and then maybe a little bit faster down the hill and all that stuff. Um, Andrew's men would make several attempts to slow down Fuller by dropping cross tile at ties on the track. They would even drop several of their freight cars trying to block the track. Whenever I don't know how Fuller is capable of doing this. Um, but he's able to see the the rails 
and the cross ties sitting on the track, and he's going to stop the Texas every single time. Does he have like just a, remove it and then keep on going? Does he have like a guy sitting on the back passenger car? Yeah, I, I don't know how he's doing it because it takes. Well, I guess trains aren't going super fast, well, but it it takes a while to slow down a train. Um, so, like I said, pursuers always managed to stop before a cross tie could derail them. The obstructions were removed, and the two cars were pushed until they could be pushed off to the side. <laughs> so, as they're leaving these uh, freight cars on the track, they just keep on going and just keep. Then they push them down the track until they get one of those little side things that were meant to let let uh, passing traffic go by, and they just push it off to the side and just keep on going. Nothing is deterring Fuller. A major challenge for both locomotives, though, was the need for wood and water to run the engines. All right, so trains back then did not run off of coal yet. They ran off of wood. Um, So when you ran out of wood, because it's not very efficient, you needed to reload with it. Also, the uh, cars, the trains are running off of steam, so you need a lot of water to create the steam. uh, They stop a lot for water. Correct. Especially then. That's why if you look at the actual rail map between Atlanta and Chattanooga, there's like a train stop like every like five miles. I mean, it's... um, So Andrew's powder train story grew less convincing to take tenders and Woodyard agents as his train diminished in size. Because remember, he's dumped all his freight cars. Now he's like got one left. (laughs) And in the one left, there's a gaping hole, which allowed them to see the people on the train. And the reason why they had the gaping hole is because that's where they were dropping all the stuff from the train and try to stop Texas. Uh Uh, Green's Woodyard on what would later be the Reseca battlefield. And that's way north Georgia, uh, uh, would furnish them with fuel that they needed to pursue to Dalton. At the latter place, telegraph operator Henderson fueled to Texas and hurriedly put Fuller's message on the wire. It just did get through to Chattanooga before the line was cut. So as the message is going through the telegraph line, Andrew's men are up there snipping it, but enough of it gets through to allow the people in the Chattanooga, farther north to know exactly what's going on. As the general approached Ringgold near the Tennessee border, it began to run out of fuel. Andrew's men attempted to take embers from the furnace and light the last boxcar on fire under the awning of a bridge, hoping that would destroy the bridge and basically prevent the Texas from crossing it. However, remember, it had rained a lot the previous couple oh, days, the so the wet. wood was all wet and none of it burned. As the general ran out of steam, the raiders began running into the woods. Uh, Texas was close enough to see some of the men jumping. Within a week, all the Raiders were going to be captured. Uh, Many are going to cling to the story that they were from Kentucky, but it was pretty unbelievable at this point. Um, Even the two guys that had missed the raid because they overslept, they're arrested because everyone knows, like, you're not around from around here. You were probably part of it. Um, The men are going to be housed in a tiny jail in Chattanooga. Andrews is going to be tried as a spy on April 20th. On May 31st, Andrews would be handed the death sentence. He immediately decided to try and escape along with nine other men. They would immediately get to work cutting a hole in the jail wall, and some of them were able to escape. He is going to swim down the Tennessee River, lose his pants and boots in the process, and um, he kind of like washes ashore he thinks he's safe but he ends up being at the plantation of a confederate captain samuel williams who basically takes him and brings him back to jail uh the other men were in knoxville on trial seven to twelve men were convicted of being spies and lurking within confederate lines with civilian clothes i like that term lurking lurking 
there was no mention of the train robbery during their 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 trials. They're just tried as spies, right? Yes, they're just being tried as spies because they were in civilian uniforms behind Confederate lines. On June 7th, Andrews and eight men were taken to Atlanta where Andrews would be hung that day. It does not go well for Andrews, obviously from not just from because he's being hung, but the rope's too long. And so when they drop the gallows, oh, his feet bounce off the ground. He's going to strangle to death rather than the quick snap of the neck. Fuller is there watching it all. Um, the seven from Knoxville are going to be brought to Atlanta and executed on June 18th at the Fulton County Jail. Once again, Fuller is there watching it. Um, of the seven that are executed, two of them, the rope breaks as they're dropping from the gallows. They fall to the ground. They have to rebuild the gallows, and they hang them an hour later. So much for being hanged by the neck until dead. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty horrible. So there were 14 men left in jail. On October 16th, the men would stage a jailbreak. But they, they see the writing on the wall. They're desperate. And what they do is they just storm the guards and then just take off. Nice. Half the men would end up reaching Union lines. Some were able to make their way down the Chattahoochee River to the Gulf of Mexico, where they're going to be picked up by a federal vessel. That's part of the blockade. The rest will make their way overland through Tennessee to federal lines. The six remaining uh, raiders were going to be transferred to Richmond, um, imprisoned at what was called Castle Thunder. Uh, if you want to do a little research on Castle Thunder, it was a horrible, horrible prison camp. A lot of guys died there um, from starvation, sickness, things like that. Um, in March 1863, though, they had to be exchanged for the Confederate prisoners, um, and so they would be back with the Union. The first Medal of Honor winners by the U.S. Army were actually given to six of the soldiers of the Andrews Raid. So the Medal of Honor had just been created, and the first people to receive it were Andrews and the people on the raid. Uh, the citation would read, one of the 19 of 22 men, including two civilians, who by direction of General Mitchell or Buell, penetrated the, <laughs> the nearly 200 miles south in enemy territory and captured a railroad train at Big Shanty, Georgia, in an attempt to destroy the bridges and tracks between Chattanooga and Atlanta. After the ceremony, um, the, the guys that were still alive, they are personally going to meet with Lincoln, and Lincoln is going to thank them for their bravery. Haven't they posthumously awarded more yeah. Medal of Honors? Mm -hmm. As most typically are. Yeah. Well, like it like just recently. Oh, was it? I think I think they awarded more to the to the the, the whole Raiders. crew. Yeah. Okay. I know um what was it, 2017, a guy from Gettysburg got, got it. it. Yeah. So today, if you're in Atlanta, you could go see the General or the Texas. Both trains have been preserved and are currently in museums. The General is at the Southern Museum of Civil War and Locomotive History in Kennesaw. Um, kind of a cool museum if you want to go there. Uh, it's got the General there. It's got a whole timeline, artifacts, history from the chase itself. It's got a big room that has pictures of all the Raiders with the background story of them and which ones won the Medal of Honor and things like that. Um, it's also got like an old ironworks where they used to make the locomotives oh, and stuff. So it's kind of a cool museum. Uh, the other one, the Texas, is in the Atlanta History Center where it has the famous, famous. What's, the, what's the painting? Oh, the Cyclorama. The Cyclorama about the Battle of Atlanta. Also very cool history museum. All right. And like we said, several movies have been made about it. One was like an old timey silent movie by Buster Keaton. And one was by Disney. The guy that played Davy Crockett played uh, Andrews. Fun. But that one's a little bit embellished. 
Buster Keaton's has the famous one where he's doing all his own stunts and he's literally sitting on the front of a train picking up railroad ties as Fuller. <laughs> so that is the story of the great locomotive chase. Thank you for listening. Have a good one. Thank you for tuning in to History Class After Hours, the show where we talk about the things your history teachers didn't have time to teach you. If you wanted to stay updated on upcoming events for the History Club, please visit www.starsmillhistoryc.wixsite.com forward slash 2020. If you liked this episode, please share it with your friends and subscribe to our channel on iTunes Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Be on the lookout for new episodes, and we'll be posting every week. Until next time, stay curious.